Hi there, I'm James Dapache and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we're going to talk about a derivative action bought in respect of a trust. Now, we often speak about der derivative actions bought pursuant to Section 236 or 237 of the Corporations Act, and the Corporations Act, the clue is in the title, tends to, result to, uh, tends to deal with derivative actions relating to companies. We don't often deal with derivative actions relating to trusts. So today, we're dealing with an interesting trust that has substantial assets in it. The trustee is a company. The shareholders in the company are two kids out of a family including four kids. The trust was set up by one parent who is no longer involved and the principal beneficiaries of the trust are these four kids and the spouse of the spouse who set up the trust. Five principal beneficiaries, this spouse and the four kids. The trustee, the shareholders of the trustee are two of the four kids and the defendants in this matter include two of the four kids. Now, the nature of this trust is that it has substantial assets, as I mentioned earlier, and those assets include real estate. And broadly speaking, the dispute we're talking about today is one of our kids suing uh, the two of the other kids and the trustee. Why? What our plaintiff kid uh, over here is complaining about today is the way this trust has been managed. And the plaintiff kid has a number of complaints. Now, one of the complaints um, revolves around the distribution of income in relation to the trust. Now, the trust deed is quite complex, but the trust deed includes terms that say um, that if there have been no valid resolutions passed, um, then the income of the trust ought to be distributed amongst these five beneficiaries. And what our plaintiff kid says today is, look, there were, no valid uh, there were no valid resolutions in relation to the distribution of income because these two kids caused the trustee, remembering that these two kids are the shareholders and the trustee, caused the trustee to distribute the income to other entities relating to these two kids. And so what the plaintiff says is that this is a big concern of theirs and that's one of the issues the plaintiff is complaining about today. Another of the issues that the plaintiff is complaining about today is that these two kids, in their control of the trustee company, caused the trustee company to transfer its valuable crane company um, out of the hands of the trustee and into the hands of another entity related to these two kids who were directors of the trustee. So the plaintiff has concerns about that. The plaintiff also has concerns about the payment of some uh, money obtained from a compulsory acquisition. So the trustee owns some valuable land. That valuable land is the subject of a compulsory acquisition for about $58 million. And what these two brothers cause the trustee to do is they amend the deed, um, or they purport to amend the trustee to allow them to distribute 44% of this 58 million to themselves each. So that's 88% gone and 3% to our plaintiff uh, kid and you, you know, the rest in dribs and drabs elsewhere. And so our plaintiff today is complaining about all of this conduct. And the nature of the complaint includes um, that there has been a breach of the terms of the trust deed in relation to um, these resolutions being a breach of the substratum of the trust and a breach of the term I referred to earlier about the distribution of income going to the principal beneficiaries in the absence of a validly passed income resolution. 
and they say, look, there could not have been a validly passed income resolution in circumstances where it wasn't really fair um, for the distributions to go to these entities related to these two kids. Now, the nature of the relief that Plaintiff Kid is seeking is fairly extensive. So Plaintiff Kid is trying to bring this claim to say, I want equitable compensation, I want to remove the trustee, uh, I want money to be paid back into the trust, I want some money to be paid to me, all these uh, sorts of claims, prayers for relief. Now the challenge today gets back to that derivative action point we made. Some of those areas of relief, such as trying to get the money paid back from these entities relating to our two defendant kids, that's not a claim of plaintiff kid, that's a claim of the trusts. Does that make sense? Plaintiff kid is just a beneficiary of a trust and the trust has the claim to get that money back. The trust isn't gonna make that claim because the two defendant kids control the trustee. And so the plaintiff is seeking to bring a derivative action to stand in the shoes of the trustee company, essentially to bring that claim on behalf of the trustee company. Now, as we all know, Section 236, subsection two of the Corporations Act abolishes common law rights to bring a derivative action. And so initially, our defendant kids say, oh, uh, the right to bring a derivative action on behalf of a trust is a common law right, and so you're prevented from bringing that. Now, the court has to crunch through the issue relating here of, oh, hang on, did the legislation abolish the right for a beneficiary to stand in the shoes of a trustee uh, in order to bring a claim on behalf of a trust? Well, what the court found after going into some fairly deep analysis was no. Um, the right of a beneficiary to bring a derivative action on behalf of a trust is a right that arises uh, pursuant to the court's inherent jurisdiction to make orders about the administration of trusts. Put another way, it's not a common law right that was abolished by section 236 subsection 2. It's a right that the court is able to uh, make orders in relation to it. So a court can say, yes, you beneficiary, in this case, plaintiff kid um, can have leave to stand in the shoes of the trust in order to pursue these parties that these, uh, these misbehaving defendant kids have caused money to be paid to. So the court found, yes, um, there is a possibility that orders of that kind can be made. Yes, leave to bring a derivative action uh, in the name of or in the place of a trust or trustee is possible. That can happen. What happened here was essentially um, the judge said, yes, that's possible and I'm gonna set down the hearing for when we're gonna have an argument about whether or not you should get leave another day. But importantly, before the judge granted, um, sorry, set, set down um, the date for the hearing of the motion to potentially have the derivative action brought or, or to have leave for the derivative action determined, um, the court said, look, there are a number of challenges with this statement of claim. If you're seeking equitable compensation, plaintiff kid, that essentially means you're seeking money to be paid to you. But in this circumstance, we're talking mainly about derivative actions of the trust, where we want money paid from these third parties into the trust. So currently your statement of claim makes these complaints about all this conduct and suggests some money should be paid to you and some money should be paid into the trust. And it's not quite clear what should happen there and whether indeed there should be a bare trust um, where the trustee will hold um, some of the money's paid in on a different basis um, as trustee for the other principal beneficiaries of the trust. So there are pleading complexities that I hope I've just made a little bit clearer there for you. But in essence, the court highlights these pleading complexities, says yes, it is possible for a beneficiary to bring a derivative action on behalf of a trust and says, we'll hear the dispute about whether in this case, this particular plaintiff beneficiary is granted leave another day.
I hope that discussion assisted you in understanding whether a beneficiary can bring a derivative action on behalf of a trust. They can. <laughs> and I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.